Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. We talk Memphis, you sound so good. We talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome to Friday morning's show of Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. I have guests today that are phenomenal. They're going to peel back some very strong data. And we're going to talk about things like um, principles of investing, and especially when it looks at retirement. Landon Mills and Keith Quinn. Keith, of course, is a familiar voice here on the program and Sometimes when I get Keith started, I can leave early. And that's probably <laughs> what I know. I'm just kidding. But uh, welcome to the program, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having us on. Thank you. Good morning. You know, we kind of want to, Keith, let's start. I really want to talk about these market trends that, um, right. you know, have reversed, quote unquote, some people say for the better. And yet we get news this morning. And, you know, I've got to say, you got to have a misprint. I, uh, when I looked at the headline, I thought, that's not right. I don't remember seeing it that low in a long time since, you know, 2008. I was going to go back to 2008. Right. What, what are you talking about? Well, we're talking about the employment number. The employment number is a big deal because it's one of the metrics that the Federal Reserve looks at when they talk about raising interest rates. We'd like to see, you know, north of 200,000 jobs added per month. The number last month was 160,000 jobs, and that was a little bit off. We expected it to be a little bit better this month. We thought about 162, uh, and the number came out, and it was 38,000. 38,000. I, I, I know it's got to be missing 100. I, uh, I I can't wait to dig into the details of well, the report. Yeah, it just, it came, just out came out at 7:30. Just came out. Right. We haven't had a chance to do that, but most people actually were giving the you know the, the Fed a little bit of a hawkish mentality, right? About saying, hey, we're going to see them raise rates probably in June. Maybe or July, but for sure this summer. That was kind of the attitude. And now... Yeah, post this number, the probability of a June rate hike went from 21% to 6 Isn't that amazing? It just, it just shows that, you know, and now the question is, is this number so bad that it's good that the market will go up because the Fed's because, not going to raise rates? Because rates are you know, not <laughs> right. going to be raised. That's a good point. But, uh, well, again, you know, I want everybody to know we are really going to peel back some things today. We're going to really talk about something. First of all, this will be a program that you can listen now, which we want you to, or this is one that you can definitely go to the podcast later on. Timeless principles. Now, these are things because we're into the summer months, and if you look at the summer months historically, they are not the greatest. These and are not so, our best months. So many people, in fact, if you think about it, three summer months, June, July, and August, have produced an average loss right. you know, of 20 basis points. That's flat, basically. Basically. Flat. So, again, that's uh, the last for the last 25 years. June, August, and September are the only months that have produced a negative average total return. So, you know, we're talking about uh, these are three months that are, you know, that just kind of lulls. And so summer, and we've always said, you know, you hear the little thought, you know, sell in May and go away. Right. You hear that a lot. We're going to talk a little bit about principles that keep people from doing things just like that when they're not, when they shouldn't be looking at short term, they should be keep their focus on long term. Landon's going to talk about long term investing for retirement. You're going to go through some principles and fundamentals for it. And Jim, it's what we always talk about. So that was a terrible employment number, 38,000. 
thousand jobs. But does that have anything to do with some of these quality companies that are here in the United States that we want to own? That's exactly right. Uh, and ultimately, right. in the long run, it does not. That's exactly right. Timeless principles for investing. If you're one of those that get caught up in the media mash right now because it's short-term, you're thinking short-term, Keith and Landon are going to give us some very strong principles on making sure we don't do that. So come back. When we do, we'll be fired up and ready to go because I got guys that are energized today. Talk to you in a minute. Be back in just a few seconds. Stay with us. Jim Shoemaker, Keith Quinn, and Landon Mills are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Securian Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Talk money. We'll return right after this. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Well, if you think what's going on and the market continues, we hear the 38,000 expectation for jobs today. We're expecting 162,000. We're going to dig into that and see if we can't uh, get started on that. Maybe before the end of the program, we give you a little bit more detail about what that number really means. It is surprising us here in the studio, and uh, I don't think, uh, Keith, I would have... um I, I just wouldn't have thought 38,000. Typically, you're not that far off from the estimate. Right. The no. estimate's usually very, very close. Right. 130,000 people missing there in the jobs. Uh, it's just indicative of a bad trend with a bad number last month and then a worse number this month. It's a, it's a bad trend heading into the summer. But, you know, we think about the global economy. It seems to be picking up. There seems to be some global manufacturing power in Europe going, kind of moving in the right things. Things seem to be improving. And, 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 and we expect that it will continue to improve. And so globally, we're looking a little better. But this number does kind of go, uh, whoop, put the brakes on what's going on. Well, exactly. Our first quarter GDP number, our gross domestic product, it had been revised up from half a percent growth to eight-tenths of a percent growth. Now, that was kind of in line with expectations. But then if you look at Europe, they had about a half a percent growth. So very much in line with what we're doing. And remember, the European Central Bank is doing a massive quantitative easing program. 80 billion euros a month they're purchasing in bonds. Uh, Mario Draghi and the ECB had a meeting yesterday, and they basically left that alone. But that's going at least through uh, early part of next year, 2017. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of tailwinds in Europe uh, that could help growth. That could help growth going there. So again, Let's uh, make sure everybody knows Keith Quinn is investment director for Shoemaker Financial. and keeps very much up to speed on what's going on, does a great job. And if you would like to pick up and get his, um, I guess it's your video telecast that you do on a right. monthly basis. Right, we're doing a monthly economic update uh, that will be posted on our uh, Shoemaker YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's available. go there, get it, or I'm sure you could probably call Keith and say, hey, Keith, tell me how to get started. But Absolutely. You do about four minutes of what's going on and what right. you're seeing, and, and you pull in a lot of data. But yet it's... Uh, I find it to be extremely easy to understand. You don't try to make it so complicated and so detailed that, you know, the average listener couldn't say, hey, I get it. 
and I understand it, and I do appreciate you doing that. Well, thank you, and it is one of those things that, you know, all of these numbers fluctuate a lot. In the military, we used to call it OBE, information that's been overtaken by events. And when I'd recorded this, you know, we had just thought a rate hike maybe in November, and right. then the numbers were better, and we thought June, and now maybe it looks like I was right to right. begin with, yeah. and we're back to November. Yeah, that's great. Landon Mills is one of our financial advisors, does a tremendous job counseling his clients, and one of the things he does is talk to them about retirement investing mistakes. And, uh, you know, uh, Landon, I hate that word mistakes because people make them. It's what you, I think some people have to come to grips with. Making a mistake is one thing. Learning from your mistakes is extremely important. When you're with a client, how do you help them understand learning process from mistakes? Well, it's, you know, it's human nature. Most people understand that, you know, mistakes are going to happen. You know, everybody makes mistakes. What can we learn from them? You know, one of the biggest things that I see is uh, people that don't take advantage or they don't understand how to take advantage of some of the things that are out there that uh, are are great vehicles to be putting money in, to be socking money away in. And um, what I try to do is talk them through just what their options are, what are going to be the best. Give me some examples. Well, you typically the, the, the number one thing that we talk about is 401k. Okay. Um, most employers out there are going to offer in their benefits package, along with health insurance and and other things, they're going to offer some sort of retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And the most common one is you're going to be your 401k. So with the 401k, you have the ability to put money into uh, into this uh, account. It goes in uh, before taxes, uh, which is a great thing if you are uh, filing your taxes in April because it's going to lower your taxable income. But not only that, it, it it's something that you can do automatically. It uh, A lot of times people, I, I always say, set it and forget it. So the money goes in. And then the best part about it is most employers are going to offer a match. Uh, most of them are tied into how much the individual uh, contributes. But, for example, if they put in 5 or 6%, the employer might come back and say, I'm going to put in 3%. And what people need to understand is that is free money. That is the employer pulling out their checkbook and saying free money for them, free money for them. But what they have to understand is the employers pulling out their checkbook and saying, look, I'm putting money on the table. I need you to participate. But if you participate, this money is yours. Hmm. And they, and they need to understand that. And there's a number of people out there that just don't get it. And so what I try to do is coach them to say, look, this is a great thing. You need to sign up. You need to, to find a number that fits in your budget that you can put in on a monthly basis, set it, Forget about it. Um, I can help them with the investing part of it, and maybe where to put that money within the the funds that are in the uh, that are in the plan, the the investing options that are in the plan. But um, but it's it's a it's just a matter of being diligent and uh, taking okay. advantage of it. Okay, I think most of the time too. Just talking to the employers listening, the employer needs to understand the educational process. The the Department of Labor is very adamant that they there's somebody there to coach them and coach the client. Right. And you're doing that, Landon, on an individual sure. basis for them. Sure. But the employer has that responsibility to educate. And education, I'm, I'm sometimes kind of shocked, and I'm sure you are too, Landon. You ask the question to the, to the employee, your client, sitting down with them, and you're talking to them. When was the last time that the 401K sponsor, the trustee, when was the last time you had an educational meeting about your 401K plan? And it's like they get a deer in headlights. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's I think the bigger the company, a lot of times it's harder to to get that 
that that information and um so you see a lot of that with well it's just more and more people out there I, i'm seeing it more every day yeah it's uh and it is a responsibility so i think that's important you said something about you know the six and the you know with a match coming in at three percent and you term free money of course the employer's paying for it but it is actually coming to their bottom line immediately so oh yeah they put up six and they really getting the benefit of the match three percent they're getting a, a benefit of nine percent going in so i guess uh, let me talk about this for a second we try to tell everybody landon i know when you're meeting with people to think about retirement, if you're 25, it's a long way. Sure. If you're 55, it seems like it's tomorrow. Sure. But don't wait till you're 65 to say I've got to do some planning. Sure. Uh, the the sooner you can, the sooner you can start. The sooner you can get um, acclimated to the idea of that we've got to start doing something now. The better off you're going to be. Uh, there was a statistic that I saw that said if you were to contribute. Six percent, and an employer matches three percent. If you start that at age twenty-two, and did that all the way until age uh, sixty-six, you would probably be okay, uh, set for retirement, and and be good to go. Yeah. The problem is most people don't have the wherewithal at age twenty-two. Lord knows I didn't have it, Mm. but most people don't have that, and so the the longer that you put it off, the more uh, the more pressure you're going to put on yourself to work harder and save harder as you get older. Sure. And I can give you an example. If you start, and again, it's very similar to what Landon had said. So let's imagine starting saving at 25. So you work a couple of years, you start at 25, you save $10,000 a year, $10,000 a year until you hit 65. So that's 40 years. You've put $400,000 into your 401k plan. If you invest in a portfolio, and we would always say a balanced portfolio that yields just 6.5% over that 40 years. Now you're going to go through five-year periods, seven-year periods, sometimes 10-year periods where you aren't getting that return. But over the span of 40 years, the returns come a lot uh, tighter. So if you get 6.5% average annual return over 40 years, investing $10,000 a year, your 400000 has all of a sudden grown to $1.8 million. And that's what we always see, like to see. Now, conversely, if you start at 25, you put $10,000 a year until you're 65, but you only put it into a money market. And for this example, we'll assume a rate of return of 2.5%. That's really high for money right Very now. High. You know, money Very markets high. aren't paying that. But even with that, at 2.5%, your 400000 has only grown to 652000 this is why it's important to think of uh, risk in the context of a very long time horizon and consistency and be disciplined. You mentioned long term horizon. I think our listeners need to understand that there is a there is a def- definition for time horizons. Right. And people get confused about that. So if I've got a short term, I mean, I'm thinking short term, I got to build a house. I'm going to long, big, big vacation. I've got kids going to start school next year or something like that. Those are short terms. And what is a short term? If you're talking to someone, Landon, either one of you, you guys talking to someone, what's short term? Less than three years. Less right. than three So less than three years, I'm not going to get 6.8% possibly. And you can't take the risk. I mean, we think about 2008, 2009, peak to trough, the S&P 500 was down 57%. If you need that money a year from now, I cannot take the risk of you being down, losing, being down half your money. Half your money. So yeah. people need to understand when you're thinking that, if your mind is grasping a short period of time, you're not investing like the guy that you were just talking about. That's Absolutely. got a 40-year time horizon. If but, you've got 40 years, it's easier. What I was going to say is the the, uh, the issues that, that I come up with or I come in uh, contact with is, you know, most people, especially the younger the generation, uh, they want everything now. 
you know, the, the, the concept of thinking 30 and 40 years out is it's not even on their radar. Oh, it's delayed and gratification. It is 100% delayed gratification, and that's the, one of the things that we have to, as advisors, get across to the individuals. Right. And it's where the 55- and the 60-year-olds completely understand that because right. that it is knocking on their door. But the 20, the 25, the 30-year, even the 30-year-old, it's just one of those things that, oh, I'll get to that later. Uh, I want to I take care of something else now. But you just mentioned something. I think our listeners, again, from everybody that's thinking about this, the Department of Labor is coming, as we know, just passed a ruling. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this ruling is going to get challenged. And by the time it all shakes down or we're having to live by it by next year, it may have some different caveats to it. But I think the essence, though, of what the Department of Labor is saying to people, saying to us as professionals, you guys have got to bring value to your client. You cannot just flip out and sell a product. You can't be at such and such place and, and you know, just do a transaction and say, I brought value. And what, Landon, you just said is the value of helping somebody understand the the magnitude of retirement that you can't wait to 65 and jump up and say, I'm going to retire mm-hmm. and thank you. To and you both said this together, the long-term horizon, we're, you said it 40 years. If I'm 25, you go to 65, that's 40 years. Guys, I hate to tell you, at 65, you've got another 30 years that you probably oh, have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, so which is this, another, another side of the coin. It's the other side of the coin. And so retirement planning, when you think through it, it is not something that – that you just kind of stop and start, mm-hmm. you know, you have to go back to it and you have to stick with it. You said earlier, kind of put it in and then let it go, kind of forget it about it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to challenge that a little bit. I don't want them to forget about it because you, you said that. And I don't want somebody thinking, okay, I just put it in and forget about it. Because then you said you come back and you help them. Because sure, sure. they've got to stay focused with it. That's oh, important. Very good. So t- back to time horizon. Zero to two to zero to three years, less than three years, short term. Midtime, midterm. What's that, Keith? I would go out, you know, anywhere from, from three to five to six to seven years. I mean, that's kind of midterm. And, again, it's it's one of those things that really is client-specific. So exactly what are they trying to accomplish and when are they trying to accomplish it? Do they need the entire amount in five years? You know, do they need, you know, to start taking distributions? Because you build portfolios completely differently depending on the different scenario. All right. The director of investments, Shoemaker Financial, would, you said, build different portfolios. Right. So you take that person that you're talking to, three years or less, the portfolio looks like X. Right. And three or four to ten, it looks t- different. Different. I can afford to take more volatility. And again, we think in risk in the terms of volatility. So risk being the permanent loss of capital or inability to earn a rate of return that outpaces inflation. That's risky. Volatility is something that's inherent in owning stocks. But volatility is the price you pay to get those long-term returns that you can get by owning companies. Can we play that tape over and over and over again, Art? Because that that's the hardest thing in the world for clients to grasp. Volatility and risk, or we use those words a lot of times. We do, synonymously. Synonymously, and and what you're saying is don't do that. Right. Risk is, is saying I've got the wrong thing. I got, I'm got. i not paying attention. Volatility is the natural movement yes. of the market, and it's going to happen. So now, zero to three years, I need. I don't need as much volatility. Because right, because I'm going to need that money, so I can't take the risk of it being, right. of it being volatile. So let's being talk down. about just about out-of-set allocation. Stocks, bonds, and cash, short-term. Right. Short term, you want to be overweight the investments that don't fluctuate as much, which is going to be bonds. And cash. And cash, so absolutely. So short term, I'm going to do something in two or three years. 
Probably got more cash than I have stock. And cash is different. You know, when we look back at money market rates years ago, when they were paying 5 6 or even back in the 70s and 80s, 10 15%, boy, cash was not bad. No. But now cash is paying absolutely nothing. Well, again, so, and then from 4 to 10, Landon, what would you talk about a type, you know, allocation there? 4 to 10, um, you're looking at probably more half and half, I would say. Uh, you, you still want things that aren't going to fluctuate that much, but... You know, a 10-year time frame, you've got some time to uh, take a little bit of risk. You know, the fear I have when we say 4 to 10, you know, the client says, well, I can go 10. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, four years from later, I can't go anymore. And and that four <laughs> years is still pretty tight in the market we see today. Yeah. 25 years ago, probably not. But in today's market... We can see a volatile market in four years. Well, and that comes back, you know, we've talked about asset allocation, how much you put in stocks, how much you put in bonds, how much you put in cash. But you've also got to diversify your asset allocation. If we look, you know, the S&P 500 since the lows of March 9th of 2009, uh, up north of 200 percent, depending on when we look at it. But from 2000 to 2010, August of 2000, August of 2010, the S&P 500 had a negative average annual return. So for 10 years, you did not make any money investing in U.S. stocks, but you made money if you were investing internationally, and that's what diversification is all about. And you have to plan around that. Yes. All right. Ten years or longer, long term, back to your 40 years, back to 60 years. What do you do there, guys? Uh, You put your foot on the gas pedal, and you you go as as aggressive as you can. Now, it's also a psychological thing. If it's so aggressive that you wake up one morning and your account is down 57%, and that forces you to make an emotional investment decision to, God forbid, at that point, go to cash, sell out of your stocks that you own, then that's too aggressive. I think you make a very good point when you say as aggressive as you can. Right. That's one of the things I try to really concentrate on with my clients is everybody that can for it's, everybody is different. different. Right. You know, you've got somebody that hey, I want all in. I want all of the up and I'll take all of the down. Right. And you really have to talk to them that says, you know, you say that. But it's it's more let's let's paint a picture of you do wake up and your account is down 25, 30 percent and you're ready to call me up. Let's talk about that because you really have to. That's a very that's very much a reality. And then that goes back to that can of can you truly take that much uh, up and down? All right, Landon, you're right on it, Keith. Well, and you also think about this. So when you're down 25 and 30 percent, what are you getting bombarded with every single day? Headlines. The world's coming to oh, yeah. an end. Oh, the yeah. economic world is yeah. coming to an end. You know, the global economy is blowing up. So not only is your account down, you see this negativity coming from the media constantly, and it's hard to live with that. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that you know, media feeds off media. People, uh, they feed off of that, and then they're ready to, uh, you know, basically take their money, pull it out of the market, and go bury it in the, in the yard uh, with, in, their, in their bunker. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> move to the bunker. It's, yeah, yes. it's, it's, um, guys, let's let's put that in perspective. Okay, I am trying my best to live through this process. I am trying to be a good investor. For the last three years, you know, it seemed like the only people that have made money have been those that were not invested in the market. You know, so it's a tough market, and we're not expecting it to get any better tomorrow. Right. So, mm-hmm. what if? How do we manage this thing, Glennon? Some people invest aimlessly. Sure. You know what I mean? And they, you, you got about 40 seconds here to tell me why they do that. Well, it's, it's a herd mentality. I mean, Keith, you speak about this all the time. It's, it's, uh, they, they watch the media, they watch the news, and they, somebody, comes on, uh, uh, somebody comes on the TV and says, this is what it's going to be like for the next 7 to 10 years. This is what you need to be doing. And, you know, they make a snap judgment. Most of the time it is uh, a reaction. It's a reaction. It's a reaction. And they make a snap judgment. And they say, well, this is what I want to do. 
uh, because this is what how I feel. This is what the media is telling me was going to happen. So right. obviously, this is what that is true. So how do we correct that? You've got to go back, and you've got to go back to the basics. You, I always say, you want to go back to let's let's go back to the 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 first conversation we had, the first goals that you told me you had. Have those changed? We have the, that strategy that, that you strategy That's has the strategy changed? If the strategy has not changed, then we don't need to make just rash decisions. Very, very strong. If you just tuned in, Landon Mills, Keith Quinn, we're talking about just investing mistakes that people make. We're also going to get into some principles from Keith, the director of investments. He's going to talk about principles of investing. So stay with us. When we come back, you're going to be peeling back some things that we all need to know. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. All right, what we're doing today is dealing through the closet and kind of pulling out some of those things that we've done and we wish we hadn't done, retirement investing mistakes. And we've been talking with Landon Mills, and we've talked about taking not taking full advantage of your 401K or an IRA or anything like that, your tax-favored investments, not saving enough, not getting and realizing that 6%, if you're putting in 6% and your employer's matching you with 3%, you know, it is free money. It's money that you're not having. to. It's part of your compensation. And if you're not doing that, you're missing part of your compensation. And literally, it gives you a chance to automatically have a good return on a 401k plan with your employer. The employer should be educating you. If you didn't know that or you've never asked that question, make a phone call today to somebody. I'm sure it'd be your HR department. They will be glad to help you do that. That's important for you to know. It is their responsibility to educate you mm-hmm. on their 401k. 401k. Now, as we said earlier, and Landon does this extremely well, as the DOL is now pushing us, the investment people, the professionals working with you, our job is to make sure we're doing our education part, not just to transaction. That's going to change our industry somewhat. Some people, I was talking to a guy yesterday, I'm not going to tell you who he was or what company, but he's clueless about what DOL, Department of Labor, is saying about his responsibilities. And I can tell you, we're looking at it at Shoemaker Financial because we know, fortunately, as being a financial planning firm for 40 years, this is our mindset. This is our philosophy. This is our culture. This is what we do. And for some firms, it's a whole different world. And um, I think it's saying simply that the DOL is saying, take care of the consumer first. And it's important that we do that. And, guys, I thank you for what you do in the office, Landon, both you and Keith, because I know you do a great job with it. Before we went to the break, 
Keith, you had a number, $1.8 million, that, that if a young person, 25 right. years old, had started saving, Landon talked about a million dollars. I mean, bottom line is, guys, that sounds to me today, that's a lot of money. Now, obviously, we've got inflation over a long period of time. I'm not going to try to get the calculation, but, you know, we, we all know that that million dollars in 40 years will not be worth a million dollars Absolutely, today. sure. And yet people forget that. You plan, when you're planning, you have to think about inflation, you have to think about health. And so all of those things, when you roll them together, I mean, what are going to be your necessities? What are, and a lot of people say, well, I've got all the cost in these formative years up to age 40, 45, so I'll catch up after. That's right. hard to do. Well, and I think you said one of the key ones. You think about, you know, we talk a lot about we haven't seen a whole lot of inflation in the economy, and we really haven't, but you mentioned one, health care cost. Looking back to 1982 mm. through the end of 2015, health care costs have risen by an average of 5% a year. It's a big deal. Then you said something else that was key. Is that enough money when you hit 65? And you kind of alluded to this earlier. Well, if you're a married couple and you hit age 65, there's a 47% chance that one of you lives to 90 uh, so, you know, that's another 25 years that you got to be thinking about planning for. So it's a, it is, it, is it enough money? That's one of the things that's always the question. And that's figuring out, you know, how, how you need to plan. For well, that. let's look at a million dollars. Cause today, if somebody walked into the day, into today client, and they had a million dollars and you say, okay, we can pretty much work around somewhere between four, four and a half percent. We know the textbook says four. We know sure. from CFP being a certified financial planner, they talk about a 4%. I've seen some even numbers get adjusted down. Some today say, hey, return of 3.5. This is not invading principle. Right. It's just living off the interest. And yet I've seen other some people come back and say, well, you can get 6%. Now, you and I talked about 6% earlier. Right. I don't argue with that. I think that's a false presentation to someone who's thinking 6% because it, it 2% makes a big difference. What we do in the office is take that million dollars and we stress it. We put the worst case scenario. 4% is return. 3% is inflation. Right. 1% spread on the deal. And that is an enormous stress. And if I can show somebody with Social Security and with your private savings and with your 401k, you can live out a very comfortable life. That's if they're 65 today, today. and we're only planning for 30 years. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about, and I know you had Kurt Zarnowski on, I think, last week, last uh, week talking right? about Social Security. Will Social Security be there in its current form for the 25-year-old? Something you've got to think about. He was pretty out of it. He said, maybe not quite. He said, fortunately, it's not going away. He said that we need to think about that. But, uh, you know, it's a planning process. But let's go back. I mentioned the key three things, the three-legged stool. Right. And I want people to understand you cannot just depend on your 401k. It is a process. So we said three things. Your private savings plan. you got to save some money besides just your 401k. Landon was very adamant about get the retirement plan, get started, get the match. Well, sure. And, you know, if you go back to that million dollar uh, number, you know, one of the things that I try to coach my uh, people that are, that are coming up on retirement, you take a million dollars and you take that 4% rule and you say, okay, you're, that's basically $40,000 a year. Well, the first reaction they have is, well, that can't be right. I've got a million dollars. There's right. got to be more money coming out of that. If you're not taking principal, here's what you better. Well, and then you, but the thing about it is you have to stretch that money over a 20, 25, or 30-year time frame. And here's, here's the other part that they really don't grasp is $40,000 a year, it's not bad. But if you're spending $50,000 a year. It's terrible. It's terrible. That's right. And, and you go back to the health care question. You know, 
one of the things that they talk about is, well, I've, got, I've, I've paid off my house. Doesn't, I don't really take that much to, to live. But then you throw that health care question in. And how much are we paying in health care? Uh, that could be as much as a mortgage payment. Absolutely. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to dive in again to that three-legged stool because you're right on track, Landon. We're going to go to Rebecca Brazier in the Mid-South History Moment. When we come back, Landon Mills, Keith Quinn, we're talking about retirement, investment, investing mistakes. And Keith's going to really show us some very specific principles of investing. Shoemaker Financial and Security and Financial Services do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should always consult their tax or legal professionals regarding their own specific situation. Talk Money will return right after this. History is never totally free of myth and legend, and this is certainly true of Hernando de Soto. It is commonly said that de Soto discovered the Mississippi River on May 8, 1541, somewhere near the city of Memphis. There are several problems with this. To begin with, we really aren't sure exactly where along the Mississippi River this occurred. European geographers and cartographers already knew about the existence of the Mississippi River, so Hernando de Soto did not really discover the river. It is also important to remember that Native American tribes in the vicinity had been navigating the river for centuries. Still, de Soto and his traveling soldiers were extremely significant because they were the first Europeans to venture that far north and east into the North American continent. Today, there is a park in Memphis called de Soto Park to mark the legendary discovery. Although a monument states that he stood there to see the river, we will never know if this ever actually happened. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the listener as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Helping you make the most of your money, this is Talk Money. Well, thanks, Art. You did a great job of disclosing every bit of that. Man, he reads it in a hurry, and uh, wow, I'm impressed. He just makes sure that we stay uh, compliant. That's what he does extremely well. That's kind of important. But kind of. This, Since this, you're the compliance this, officer. This, this week it is, anyway. <laughs> uh, guys, we were talking about the three-legged stool. We talk about, you know, I guess I want to make sure that everybody gets this, because so many times they forget that, you know, just, just doing one thing, 401K at the at the employer. We, and, and Landon, you stressed it extremely effective uh, with what you were saying effectively, is that people need to put as much money as they can in, and if there is a match, get the match. That I think that's important. Number two, a personal savings account. And number three, Social Security. And, and Kurt last week was pretty adamant, Keith, that Social Security will be here. Uh, you know, he took us out 40, 50, 60 right. years and, and, and did that. And he did a wonderful job for us on that. And, I, and again, I think there will be tweaks and changes. We've seen that. But the tweaks and changes are not going to be so so detrimental to us that somebody could day at 25 even say, I won't have Social Security. Well, President Obama came out yesterday and said we should expand Social Security benefits. Well, so, you know, we may not have to worry about any of this. Uh, okay, never mind. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> if you give me long enough, I'll <laughs> you know, I and there thought you go. we could get through one show. <laughs> one show. It's impossible with Keith. I love it. I love it, Keith. You always keep us on our toes. Absolutely. So let's keep us on our toes today about some principles 
of investing. Because, Keith, as the director of investing for the Shoemaker Financial Term, your right. job, you look at the overall market, you drill down on how we do their asset allocation, you help the guys develop with clients their diversification, and you manage the, 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 the managers. I mean, right. you are the one responsible in the office that puts it out in a very effective way. This manager is spot on, on a scale of 1 to 10, a 10, doing all the things we're expecting to do in our portfolios. The investments that we've got in that particular manager is what we want in our portfolio. Or you come back and say, this manager two years ago, four years ago, 10 years ago was doing great. Today, they're timing the market. Right, right. It's one of those things that we look at all the time. And it's one of the things that we think about with the fundamental of investing. You know, we focus on what we can control. We can't control what the Federal Reserve is going to do. One of the things we can control, you guys mentioned it. Landon talked about it in the context of planning. We can control saving versus spending. We can control how much we put in our 401k plan, how much we save. We can control our asset allocation. We can control how much we put into stocks, how much we put into bonds, what we have in cash. We can control our diversification. We can control whether we want to invest internationally in some of the great companies that are in Europe, whether we want to invest in some of the emerging market uh, countries that we talk about a lot. You know, one of the numbers that we saw this week, we talk about GDP growth in the United States being eight-tenths of a percent. Well, the Indian number came out. Remember, there's 1.2 billion people in India, and India is growing at 7.9%. It's a phenomenal growth opportunity. So we can control where we diversify and where we invest, and that's the kind of things that we think about. Yeah, that's a great point, because if you can't control it, you don't don't worry, worry about, about it. it, right? I mean, and yet that's what the media sometimes is going to. And Landon, you talked about the media. I mean, it gets we get caught up in it. We get to listening to it a lot, and and nothing. I guess I don't want to. I don't want to degrade the media. They have a responsibility. They should give factual data. But they are there to attract people to come and listen more. Oh, it's, it's, they're uh, not going to do that while telling you that everything's going great. It's well, spin. I looked back at CNBC just to see a couple of the headlines. I didn't have to go back far. I went back, I think it was yesterday. Risk rising. That's not for, very far. No, no, a risk <laughs> rising for global disruption with serious repercussions. Oh, I know. Now, it's, that sounds horrible. But it, then you dig into the article a little bit. And they said the most likely scenario is slow but steady growth and gently rising inflation. Well, that's awesome. But then they said there's no doubt that a global disruption uh, would move their baseline. Well, really? There's no doubt that a global disruption? Well, of course it would. Absolutely. You know, but the headline is misleading. Well, and that's the thing about it is most people just read the headline. They don't dig into the, uh, into the real data. But I, I do want to go back to a point that you said you control what you can control. Right. One of the things that I always talk about is, and it's, it's one of the principles of investing, when things are not going well, what do, you, what do you do? What's the one thing you could control? You could put more money in. Mm. Exactly. And we talk about this all the time. When do you put more money in? When do you buy? Ask Mr. Warren Buffett, when do you buy? You buy when things go on sale. That's true. And, that's, and then when things are down, things are on sale. And that's, that's, that's so contra. That is not what we think. It's, it's, it's counterproductive. Well, it's very, <laughs> no, it's very productive. It's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive, yeah. right. We it's, just don't. We don't want to do that, and I guess that's the concern I have is I want our listeners to understand investing, the principles of investing sometimes are different than buying a car or going that's to the grocery That's where a good advisor store. comes into play. That's and exactly I think right. That's where if, someone, if you've got someone that you can truly vet a process with and come in and say, you know what, I don't feel like I need to be doing this, but you're telling me I should, and, he, and I, I would come back and say, yes, you should be putting more money in the market if you can. And here's the reasons why. Yeah. Guys, we looked back at, and, you know, looking at this year, we had the first six weeks to a stock market ever. Uh, and by that time, you know, through the end of a couple of weeks ago, 
76, now get this number, $76 billion had been pulled out of stocks. Yeah. $76 billion. And that's what Landon was talking about with the herd mentality. Yep. And, you know, that's why people don't get a good return, because they get spooked when they see these headlines. Well, that's back to your comment on the headlines, tuning out the noise. I think that's one of the things. News cycles driven by fear, anxiety, and all those things, uncertainty and doubt. But that does this challenge. I mean, well, I don't care. It challenges us. The most disciplined investor you can think of, when we go through a strategy, with our internally what we do, I've sat in the investment committees, and we are disciplined to a fault sometimes. Right. But you get all the news and going around you, it's difficult. It can it can shake you up pretty good. Sometimes the headlines spark anxiety, and uh, others try to goad us into doing things. I mean, move I, us to doing things, chasing the latest fad. I saw another one, and, it, and I'll, I'll be honest. This, uh, this headline made me extremely anxious, uh, and it really made it hard for me to sleep at night uh, last night. Uh, and the headline was, here's why Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States. Uh, it was a tough one. You know, when you think about things like that uh, and how it's going to impact us, uh, sometimes they're tough headlines Don't we to have a 15-second delay? <laughs> here, you know. Now, I would say, and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, it really doesn't matter who's in the Oval Office. Innovation doesn't stop. Great companies aren't going to stop producing products. The demographic shifts are undeniable. The 10 to 15 million people that are moving to the cities from the country in China are going to continue to move to the cities every single year. We have this growing global middle class. Uh, again, the economy is not looking that bad, and it really doesn't matter who's in the Oval Office, although things that would help the economy increase, uh, decrease regulation would be, I think, a, a boon to the economy. Absolutely. Lower taxes, always good for the economy. Absolutely. Increasing jobs. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something we're not done for, like we should. And, of course, we had a job report today that came out, and still we're trying to figure out. Jobs are a big deal. Everybody wants the middle class to do better. You know, that should be the goal of all of us. Everybody needs to understand middle class, strong middle class, strong economy. I agree. Let me say this, guys. When, when the noise is creating the problems, when in doubt, when you fear that anxiety boiling up, you said it, Landon, this is where a good advisor, a hand-holding, uh, again, not so much that we're trying to take the decision-making away, mm -hmm. but we're trying to help them understand the overall perspective. What I would want everybody to listen and understand is tune out the noise and focus on your long-term, and you said strategy, long-term perspective, long-term thoughts. What is your goals? What is your opportunities? What are you thinking about? And if it's zero to two years, the volatility shouldn't even be in the play. Mm -hmm. As you said earlier, the allocation right. on the, in the two years. Back to, I guess, the midterm period at, you know, three or longer up to 10, that's a little tougher for some people because that can hit you pretty hard. It is. And this is, a, you know, another number that we look at. When we looked at the last 20 years, if you have $10,000 and you invest it in the S&P 500 and you just leave it alone, uh, again, that's over the last 20 years from 1996 to the end of 2015, you would have ended up with $48,000. And that comes from J.P. Morgan. This is a J.P. Morgan number. They put this out in a guide to retirement. Really interesting numbers. Uh, but if you had missed just the 10 best days in that market, then all of a sudden your 48000 goes down to 24000 Now, here's the caveat, because people could say, well, if you miss the best days, you're going to miss the worst days. But six of those 10 best days occurred within two weeks of the 10 worst days. And that's what's key. You're going to go through these, these bad days. You're going to go through these good days. Another number we look at uh, that J.P. Morgan puts out is the average entry year decline in the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. How much has it dropped entry year averagely over the last 26 years? 14%. Yeah. 14%. Again, in the headline, sounds like the end of the world, and it's normal. This happens periodically. What you're talking about this sometimes is, is don't try to play the market. Don't try. And that's don't the, try and second guess it. You yeah. don't need to. Back, if in, the, got a long back time in the 80s, as a firm, we hired two outside consulting firms that were there for that, for driving the numbers for us. Right. 
And and we thought, you know, because in theory, if you were sitting in a classroom and you talk about buying high and selling low and when the market does all this stuff and the logarithms do these changes and you, you make those differences and you say, okay, I'm going to buy now because the market said it's all-time low, I'm going to buy now. And as we said, that's a great opportunity. And I'll sell when it's at its all-time high and I'll always pick it right. You know, in the in the theory, that's a that's great. I mean, because it does, it comes out, and the the whole idea of the hypothesis makes good sense. Except, you only had to be right seventy six percent of the time. Right, in reality, it, that it, won't happen. It's never going to happen. And, and, happen. As, <laughs> and the, nobody was saying that back in. Now we see it as it's come out of the researchers and stuff. That seventy six percent is a critical number, and that's comes. I mean, that comes from multiple research that's been done. That that really is saying, in order to play in that game, you've got to be extremely good and you've got to be lucky. And one mistake can be, we, we basically call the whipsaw, can be very, very costly. And you've got to be consistent. And what a lot of people, what happens is people will get, they will get lucky one time mm-hmm. and then they're convinced they that they are an yes, expert. Exactly. Uh, but they won't tell you about the other five or six times they didn't get it right. Yeah, that's uh, true. Awful lot like going to the casino. You only remember the time you win. You don't talk about all the times you've lost. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I have not been, but I don't know. <laughs> I remember all the times. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't go. Yeah. I look at the big buildings when you go to the casino and say, somebody's building these buildings. <laughs> you know, keep in mind, guys, yesterday's winners may be tomorrow's losers, and chasing performance is rarely rarely a successful strategy. Well, and it's and again, it's something that Landon does well. You know, when talking to clients, it's getting the counseling them on this emotional side to investing. You know, we haven't seen a true bear market since 2008. Now, we were down 19% in 2011. We had the credit downgrade. We had a lot of stuff going on, but we didn't quite close at that 20% down. We've been close. We've, We've been, been close. awfully close. And we came a little bit closer, you know, last year and this year. But the point is, you know, at the bottom of the market, in February of 2009, what was the exact wrong thing to do? And this one, we, we were talking about nationalizing the banks. The economy looked horrible. Mm-hmm. Lehman Brothers bankruptcy. I mean, there was just nothing but bad news. And the worst thing to possibly do was to give up on your plan, give up on your long-term goals, uh, and try and make an emotional investment decision. Talk about emotional. Wait a minute. Well, I was going to say, uh, okay, let's take us back uh, about two or three months ago, about mid-February. Right. We had just come. Worst six uh, weeks uh, to the market weeks. ever. One client. One client called me up and said, Landon, I think I want to put some more money in the market. See, and that's the exact time to do it. That's the exact time yeah. to do it. And I and I applauded him for doing yes. that. And I wish I had more clients calling me up and saying, because at that time, I was telling my clients when I was reviewing with them, if you've got more money, let's do it now. All right. Now I can say this over the air. Client Landon, you need to be telling your clients to call you in the market. <laughs> well, that is exactly right. <laughs> yes, that's exactly yes. right. On a regular basis. You mentioned the emotional roller coaster. Right. Valbar has a study that, that defines that in a very specific way. Share that with us. Yeah, it's the same thing. And it's looking back over 20 years. And how much would you have gotten invested in the S&P 500? And really, it's about you know about a 10% return uh, if you just stayed just invested. Just in the S&P. Just now, again, left it alone. Stocks, that's, you know, you're not diversifying. You just buying us you know buying you, an you, index you can't invest directly in an index right. but you can invest in some vehicles that track an index right. uh, and this is not meant to be an investment recommendation of any kind because i think that's the wrong thing to do to be that uh, specific and not be diversified but the average investor over that same time period did about two and a half percent average annual return so from 10 to two and a half just by getting caught up in the emotions of the market which are very real uh, but something that you have to look at in the context of history. Long term, the trend is and always will be up. Wait, Keith, how, do, how does – but how can that happen? How, how can you take an average investor right. at 2% – 
and the person that just puts it in and forgets it at 10%. How does that happen? Well, because the person that just puts it in and, and forgets it doesn't make a decision, doesn't make the wrong decision when the market's down. Hmm. Uh, you don't get caught up in the emotion. That's like, interesting. You That's focus interesting. on the fundamentals. Yeah. I hear a sense a little tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, yeah, get me back for <laughs> the Trump thing, Yeah, a little tongue-in-cheek, you know, <laughs> from that standpoint. Well, guys, you know, I, let me say this. It's been a great dialogue. I hope that people listen to this on the iPad, iPod, and you go back and you, you get a chance to dig into it. Great. If you want to get uh, Keith Quinn's uh, update, all you need to do is uh, go on the iPod. It's going to be there. It's the investment update. Or call Landon Mills, 901-757-5757. I'd be happy to sit down with you. Okay. Guys, I appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. It's been fast and furious. Uh, We've uncovered a couple of things, principles, and then investment, retirement, investment mistakes. Both Landon and Keith, very knowledgeable. Give them a call. you got the telephone number, 757-5757. I want to thank producer and board operator Art Frederick. Does a wonderful job for me every Friday morning. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Mid-South History Moment by Rebecca Brasher. Written by Drew Johnson. Of course, you know, we're here every Friday. and We enjoy the program with you guys. We thank you for listening. Thank you for contacting us, asking us questions. We'll be back next Friday. We'll be uh, ready and fired up. We're here every Friday helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker, Keith Quinn, and Landon Mills are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.